0: Blue Wire. First pick in the
1: 1991 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University I'm not supposed of to be here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from don't, don't make right.
0: it. Charlotte, we're back!
2: All right. Welcome in to another live edition of buzz beat a charlotte hornets podcast this is richie and we are here again on twitter spaces to recap this surprising win over the hawks and as always we will take any requests for speakers i am joined by brian today BG, are you able to wake up like JT Thor and just decide to be left-handed? <laughs> did, you, did you hear that little comment? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I um, I did. And uh, Eric and Dell's reaction, I think it was actually Shammadi who, who provided that story coming in from a break during the game. And yeah, it was amazing. He just sort of like wakes up, brushes his teeth, left-handed, right? and, yeah. and sees which way he's like feeling that day. No, um, it is one of those other reminders that just like NBA – Athletes are special, <laughs> and and they're built sort of differently in, in more ways than when we probably even realized just watching them do their thing playing basketball. All
2: right, we're going to get into this because there's obviously big news that is related to this game. Before the game, I guess on Saturday, we got the news that four players, Ball, Rozier, McDaniels, Plumley, have entered health and safety protocols here and I actually thought that this was kind of where most of our conversation was going to lie but because the game was so exciting to watch even if they we're talking about this even if they didn't win the game it it was not an ugly game I thought for sure the offense was going to be hard to come by at points because they lost so much uh, with ball with Rozier so I don't think we have anything definitive in terms of I guess when they can return. I, I think as we get closer and we hear more news, like I guess I guess we won't hear anything definitive until it actually is imminent. BG, what was your initial reaction to this news as it broke over the week? And I know it was probably mostly negative, but was there any kind of silver lining that you had? I mean, let, let us know.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, first off, as I'm sure everyone else thought, you just want to, you hope everyone's okay. You know, you hope they're vaccinated. So whatever. You know, possible symptoms they could have won't be as bad, um, and then that would also probably help them get back out on the, the court quicker, just given the league's <clears throat> protocols. Um, but yeah, it's going to be what at least ten days, right, for Lamelo and, and Rozier. I think that was at least the initial, but I, but I, I we, we can. I'll pull the, I'll double check on that. But um, you know, the only silver lining I thought was you get to maybe see some. Some James Booknight and some JT Thor, and or perhaps even Kai Jones as well. Or in in we saw JT and uh, James Booknight play tonight. Not uh, the most encouraging of outings for James Booknight. JT Thor at least playable um, defensively in some of those minutes where you you know you would maybe see Jalen McDaniel's right uh, as like a stretchy athletic defensive four. Um, and then you also, the other thought was, well, you will going to see more of Miles Bridges on the basketball. And mm. the, I think, you know, him getting more reps playmaking. And we saw it tonight there they used there were a couple of different ways. They they chose to sort of like feature miles as a downhill driver and really using a lot of him as the back screener in Spain, pick and roll to then scramble the defense around. Mess with the matchups a little bit, and then and then let Miles sort of go to work in the middle of the court, which is something they started doing late last season. I, I really like it as a as a look for Miles, but um, you know, no, honestly, like mostly, no, you know, no kind of like no no real good news to pluck out of what what came on Saturday because it's some really important players. It's Lamelo Ball, it's Terry Rozier, Jalen McDaniel's, who's you know, arguably their best perimeter defender, Mason Plumlee, who. You know, we've discussed so the pros and cons of Plumlee uh, a ton already this season. But you know, he's at least a, a a big body and lets you you know unlocks some of your pick and roll defenses and and some of your spread pick and roll actions on offense. And I mean, what the Hornets are going to be faced with, Joel Embiid Monday night. So uh, and Wednesday, you know, those are games you'd really like to have. Plumly uh active for but yeah, i'm sure we'll see more nick richards maybe some vernon Carey jr for those games because it's sort of a lot to ask pj to do with that um so yeah no you just want to make sure everyone's okay the, the, like the bits of news that came after the initial break were scary just sort of like people realizing that it was gonna people getting the sent home from the practice facility you sort of worry that oh this is gonna leap up and and in touch way more than just two or three guys. Um, So Charlotte plays without four players tonight. And, um, and yeah, it just seems like it has been a bit of a whirlwind of the last, you know, 24, 36 hours for the Hornets just to move on from that and somehow get ready to play a a road game against a a very good team tonight. So um, yeah, I just hope everyone's okay and it can sort of like get healthy and and get back on the court as quickly as possible.
2: Yeah, I thought the timing felt very unfortunate for this team because the Hornets just had like three or four days off to rest up. You get Cody Martin returning after he missed back-to-back games, and the Hornets are playing some decent teams here. So instead of having this like renewed energy and stamina, I kind of was negated with these four players who not only contribute on the court, but they also contribute with their minutes production. And And I tweeted this out. It reminded me a little of last year where the injuries started to pile up with Hayward and Ball, and the depth is going to be tested this year. Uh, Last year, it did not hold up. The Hornets were just so dependent on their top two to four players, and if any combination of those guys are out, uh, there's huge, huge holes to fill. Uh, Personally, I didn't think that the depth was going to turn out the way that it did tonight. Uh, Ish Smith stepped up. Kelly Oubre played well. Uh, You're going to need almost everything every single player that touches the court to have some kind of positive impact. And I think for the most part, anyone that did maybe outside of book night, like you mentioned had a positive impact on this game. So yeah, not much of a silver lining. I think that people that are wanting book night to play a little bit more, I'm sure they would rather him play with, you know, LaMelo and Plumlee and, and players like that who are going to, you know, maybe accentuate some of his skills and, He's not having to come in and and try to pick up any kind of slack. So uh, it's definitely not a true representation of how maybe he could potentially play uh, with this team because he's playing as a player that's trying to pick up some slack. But I think he's better suited to play consistent minutes in Greensboro right now and and just have that consistent court time. So let's talk about this game specifically. Uh, 130, 127 offense definitely was not hard to come by from either team. Uh, We can almost start with any player any type of trend here but I, I do want to start with Kelly Oubre because I think for this team to be somewhat competitive over these next handful of games with these players out he is a guy that I'm kind of looking at to see be consistent and he's a guy that has not been consistent this year he's very up and down uh, he's filling in for Rozier as that floor spacer which I guess I don't think I'd hear myself say that when the season started and (laughs) he had nine early points in this first quarter with three three three-pointers uh one was on this set that you and i both highlighted on twitter it's a set that i really love with their spain pick and roll where rosier is typically used as the back screener and there's the threat of like miles bridges for the lob so you've got people kind of sagging down and then uber just sets the back screen fades out to the three-point line uh, makes it there in the first quarter he had a huge three-pointer midway through the fourth quarter and he had a four-point play, well, a four-point play that he should have had. He didn't convert. So appropriate because he's a guy that, and if any player on the on this roster, I thought, okay, who's going to have a four-point play? It would definitely be Kelly Oubre. He just has all the the weird <laughs> plays throughout the game. He's still a streaky player, Brian, but I think he, Miles, and Hayward have got to be like the guys on the wing to have these solid games and these next handful of games uh, to give this team a chance with with these four missing players.
3: Yeah, they've and they've used Kelly a fair amount as like the the back screen guy in that Spain pick and roll this year. I think that's been a a pretty good action for Ubre, and um, in and in a good action for Charlotte so far this year. And yeah, Kelly, just you know, there's been a couple times this season. Uh, he's he is he is up and down. I don't think the defense has been sort of like what Charlotte was you know aiming for the season or hoping for whether that was Mm -hmm. you know misguided or not but man he's had a couple of these monster scoring performances that have swung some big road games the memphis game you know a week or two ago where, where kelly goes for what 37 off the bench 28 tonight um, it's, uh, six of 10, three pointers, Charlotte's still minus 16, <laughs> the 39 minutes with Oubre on the court, wow, which is just,
2: I wouldn't have guessed that
3: hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing actually <laughs> to, to think about that, but he goes six to 10 on, on threes, lots of like, you know, juicy sort of like catch and shoot looks. He had a Big one coming down on the right wing uh, in transition to I think give Charlotte the lead like midway or late in the fourth quarter. You could hear him calling for it as he was flying up the court, trailing the action. He's just a big time confidence, you know, player and shooter. Um, and you think he sort of like led the charge for the Hornets from deep tonight. He goes seventeen of thirty seven from deep, forty six percent. It's a lot of volume uh, and obviously the efficiency. Probably like a you know like an outlier. Yeah. Shooting performance from the Hornets, especially considering that they got two of four shooting on threes from Ish Smith, <laughs> um, and and three of six from from Cody Martin. Miles Bridges' big shooting night from deep. He was awesome tonight. Thirty two points, eleven of fifteen, and uh, six of six from the line. Four of six for, from deep. But I do want to. I looked this up during the game. And heading into tonight, and it will certainly go up after his performance uh, against Atlanta, Kelly Oubre this season on spot-up possessions, uh, 66% effective shooting, 1.29 points per possession. Uh, he, again, he entered tonight number two in the NBA among players with at least uh, 100 spot-up possessions. He ranked second in that group in spot up efficiency behind only Grayson Allen for the Bucks. And he also ranks second in the NBA in spot up points per game, 6.8, um, just behind Grayson Allen at 6.9. So, you know, uh, Kelly has at least found, so, even if the defense is not necessarily what you mm-hmm. want it to be, you know, I think the spot up offense is something in the movement to some degree, some movement, some like slight movement shooting thing is like, Kelly has found that role,
0: is comfortable with it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed
3: the guy I'd like to, to highlight real quickly because we really could talk about everyone in the rotation tonight, but um, this was just an awesome PJ Washington game and super impressed with his performance plus 17 in 38 minutes. And just, you could see the two way versatility of PJ like on, on full display like being able to drag Clint Capella away from the cup and on offense, and opening up the floor. Like PJ didn't have a great shooting night, only only one of four from deep. Although he did have a big time cut dunk late in the game that helped right. seal the win. But uh, just bringing Capella away from the hoop, you know that opens everything up for for Ish, for, for Miles Bridges, and those guys had bad big nights. Cody Martin getting downhill, getting to the rim, and then defensively just. He had, a, he had a PJ had a great block at one point in this game. It looked like he may have actually gotten away with the goaltend on the play, but a great block, a couple other really really nice contests, and his ability to switch out onto Trey Young, I think that was huge. Like when it comes down to Atlanta, it, and, there, and to be clear, the Hawks are missing a bunch of guys right now as well. But so much of their stuff is Trey Young pick and roll, right? And he just Trey Young problem solving on the fly. The decision making, the pull-up shooting, and him being really being able to like turn the corner, right? And get downhill. Like regardless of whatever coverage you throw at him, unless you're trapping him, the thought is Trey should be able to just roast it, right? You you drop, he's gonna get downhill, you play the level, he's gonna get downhill, you switch, he can isolate or reject. Like there's just there's different stuff he can do. And I, I just thought PJ did a wonderful job switching onto him. And then hanging tough and staying in front of him, and on the backside of that too, because you could really see Atlanta try to then pick on Ish Smith when he would switch on to, you know right. John Collins right. or or Gallinari, uh, who I thought was the matchup issue for Charlotte all night. And in uh, and Atlanta, definitely found some points doing that. But I even thought late in the game uh, when they when they really like had to have some stops. I thought Shaw did a nice job either getting, you know, kicking out ish from those plays and getting him to more favorable matchups or ish really just like battled with guys that are a lot bigger than, than he is. But, uh, but Richie, what did you think of, uh, of PJ's performance tonight?
2: Well, it's, it's funny because Nick Richard was the ceremonial starter here playing seven, <laughs> eight minutes, which I think you know is needed. He You need that body, just another center. And uh, P.J. Washington, like you mentioned, you're probably the highest out of anyone on the podcast on P.J. Not that I'm low by any means, but right, the right. versatility that this guy does bring is awesome. And uh, I, I think offensively, that's where you see his potential unlocked the most with the way that this team can play. And I think one of the things with... You know, obviously LaMelo out and and Plumley out. This team is gonna have to make up for some kind of replication of playmaking. And even if it's not P.J. himself that is playmaking, he gives the room and the space for others to play. And I think Borrego has developed those good habits with everyone in terms of just passing the ball, being unselfish. And when he's in there versus maybe Nick Richards, it gives Cody Martin the ability to drive and kick. It gives these other players the ability to drive and kick because of P.J. Washington's spacing. And uh, he's done a really good job rebounding the ball as well, which is obviously something that needs to be replicated with Plumlee and LaMelo. Out, we do have a speaker request under construction. Thoughts, comments?
1: Yeah, um, I'm I'm joining in a little late, so forgive me if this has already been discussed. But I just kind of want to discuss who I think is the unsung hero tonight, which is Spence. Um, I thought he ran the fourth quarter offense almost to perfection. Man, I, I, I would be, he, the offense was just steady. Uh, it looked like he could be trusted. He threw a, a beautiful hockey assist to Cody Martin who was being dished off to P.J. And it just kind of makes me wonder why he's why he fell out the rotation in the first place. But I think Ish Smith is going to be huge, you know, while LaMelo and Terry is out because we, we definitely need a guy like that to be reliable on the offense. Um, one more point I want to make is... As far as defending Trey Young in this pick and roll offense, I thought P.J. Washington was also big time. It, it, it's not going to really show up in the stat sheet, but you know Nick Richards he, he looked lost a lot trying to defend that trying to defend that pick and roll, and that also put Ish Smith in some bad situations, like you guys mentioned. And I just thought the game changed when P.J. Washington was in the game because you guys know when when centers defend this pick and roll. 90% of defending the right is just knowing where to be, and P.J. did that effectively. I thought he also did a good job of keeping Clint Capella relatively quiet now. He did have 14 rebounds, but I don't think you know it was as impactful as it could have been. So I just kind of want to know your thoughts on that as well.
2: Well, I'll go back to the Ish Smith point. I'm with you. I didn't really understand uh, immediately why he was taken out of the rotation because it was kind of like this all-or-nothing thing. Like It just was so instant the way that he was taken right. out of the rotation I, I think the hornets played the best tonight when they were pushing the pace and that that's nothing new but when you are lacking players that can play make in the half court like Lamelo, you need to get atlanta and in, in some situations where they're at a disadvantage and Smith can do that with the way that he's pushing the pace and uh, getting to the bucket he had his three-point shot working tonight which is yeah, probably man, something
1: man. yeah go ahead uh, I don't think we saw that coming. Uh, I don't don't think we saw the three points. definitely not. not. No,
2: definitely (laughs) not. And that's probably not going to happen tomorrow night against the Sixers. But we'll we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. And uh, to everyone's point here that we've talked about, defending the pick and roll with a team like Atlanta, where they just are so heavy with the pick and roll. One thing that I noticed, and I I guess – I don't know why we haven't mentioned him yet, but Hornets like switched almost everything, Brian, with the pick and roll. It feels like they just did it automatically. And I think one player that's so good with whether he's defending the ball or whether he's having, having to switch on a big is Cody Martin. I think he was probably the best player for Charlotte in this first three quarters. Like his two way impact was just so evident. And I don't think JB cared who he was defending. They'd they'd place him on Trey, but immediately when they set that screen, he'd be guarding Gallo or anyone down in the post. And he was so good in defending and, uh, you know, affecting shots. Even early when he had two fouls, he was still able to defend with that aggression and and do so without fouling and forcing the miss. There were plays like that every quarter with Cody Martin. He he cooled off in the fourth quarter, uh, but defensively from quarter one to quarter four, Cody Martin was the best player for Charlotte.
3: He, he had a couple switches or, or sort of like scramble pickups onto Gallinari, and you know Gallinari got his on those a couple of times. But you know what? What are you? What are you going to do? Gallo's a, a great player. He's huge and he makes really tough shots. For the, for the most part, Cody. Yeah, he battled his ass off tonight. He had a really really nice play early in the second quarter. I think he was switched into the post on John Collins. It may have been Gallinari. I think it was Collins. Or could have even been Capella. Um, and by the way, Clint Capella zero blocks tonight. Um, as far as maybe PJ uh, pulling him away from the the paint a little bit, but Cody Martin's fronting the post. I think Trey Young tries to throw, or maybe it was it was one of Atlanta's guards. They try to throw a, a lob entry pass over the top, and Cody like times it yep. ju- and gets just a piece of it. Deflection. They push in transition. Cody has the ball. He pushes with his own dribble. And boxes uh, out basically, like, like, <laughs> like goes Rhea, goes right to Miles Bridges and does like a little DHO. Bridges hits a three. Cody, you know, is the one that sets it up and then screen essentially screens for Miles on the play too. And it was just an awesome two way play. Uh, from Cody Martin, a career high, 19 points tonight. Hit some big free throws down the stretch. Two steals, four assists. He and Bridges really, like, stuffed the stat sheet tonight. Both those guys combined 10 to 10 from the line. Those guys also 7 to 12 on threes. Bridges, four assists, three steals, a block. Yeah, Miles was awesome. This is one of those games. I think he's had some... I think Bridges has had, you know, some tough shooting nights, uh, perhaps in the last week or so. But he really got it going this game. Obviously, he had a couple pretty tough three pointers, but uh, just getting downhill, I thought for him was was big uh-huh. this game. And when Miles is able to pressure the rim, you know, I think that that's probably necessary for Charlotte right now, just because Lamelo isn't playing. And I, and Ish definitely gives you some of that, which I'm, I'm glad under construction highlighted because that is what Ishmit does man he he gets north south in in the half court and he can really open some stuff up seven assists for Ish tonight but Bridges with his size and athleticism um yeah that's a huge 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 part of Charlotte's offense and i think something the hornets really like are going to have to lean into without Rozier without LaMelo um on offense specifically and without you know Mason Plumlee to to an extent on offense as well is they've done so much just like spread pick and roll this year with LaMelo empty corner pick and roll. Um, and for now, at least for the next couple of games, like you can, you can still do plenty of that with, with Ish Smith, you know, you can do some of that with Cody Martin, I suppose Gordon Hayward certainly as well. But I think what you really need to be able to lean into is using the, the combination of bridges, Washington and Hayward, and I guess Uber as well, as much as like as much as you can highlight those guys as screeners as possible. Because I think like your best way towards creating half court advantage is using those guys to screen and then threat, threaten as you know, three point shooters on a pop, slipping to the basket, rolling hard, like whatever it is. But like that's really where you've gotta like lean into offensively, is using those guys to Forced defenses to switch for the defenses to rotate like that's how you create advantage I think the next couple of games in the half court is really really dialing those guys up They all played huge minutes tonight pj 38 minutes bridges 40 minutes kelly ubrey 39 minutes hayward 33 So those guys all played a lot obviously on the first night of a of a, of a back-to-back, but um no, yeah, just a just a an impressive performance by Ish, and his ball handling is going to be uh, just a necessity these the next couple of games. And Richie, you asked me earlier, uh, you know if there's any sort of like if there's any way you can look at and try to find a silver lining from. Uh, what happened over the weekend? Perhaps it's maybe Ishmith finding a way back into the rotation too, as a guy that can take up some of those backup point guard minutes that have been going almost exclusively to Terry Rozier, you know, for the last month or so.
2: Yeah, I thought of that. I thought of that as we were just speaking right now, that he is the one guy that could work his himself back into the rotation uh, with his play over the next handful of games. Uh, we do have one more speaker request here from. Brody, who's an active member in our Slack. Brody, what's your, what's your thought? Hey, guys. Uh, big fan. My question is actually about P.J. Washington. Uh, like Brian, I'm, I'm a big P.J. Washington fan, and I feel like one of the things that makes him super valuable is just like, how wide his skill set is. I mean, he's kind of an undersized five. that can switch between the four and the five. But with how deep the, the Hornets forward rotation is right now, with like Miles being the starter, Gordon getting some backup minutes, Jalen getting minutes here and there my question is um, How do you think provided PJ keeps getting better because he's such a young player if he keeps getting better and more valuable and kind of earns a Bigger part of the rotation How does the team integrate him more because doesn't seem like they wanted to be the starting center seems like they want somebody a little bigger Stronger maybe more of a vertical spacer. So do you think he's just kind of destined to be the backup five or yeah? It feels like he's almost playing exclusively five now, Brian. I, I, there's not yeah. many uh, lineups. I, just
3: real, real quickly, I mentioned this a, 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 like a, a pot a couple of weeks ago, but he's basically been like over ninety percent of his minutes this season have been center, and it's almost it's like it's probably close to a hundred at this point. Now he's playing very little. He basically he's playing like none with Plumley. You know right, what I mean? Right. And sorry to interrupt,
2: Richie. My apologies. No, no. I mean that that's kind of what I was getting at. I, I don't know if Borrego kind of use this guy as a four anymore. It's, it's almost like they're using him as the backup center one, because there's not a good backup center to have to begin with Richards, I guess. But again, Richards is only playing a handful of minutes a night. And even when he is yeah. playing without Plumley, he's only getting the ceremonial start and playing for seven minutes like he did tonight. So in terms of integrating them more and getting more minutes, it would have to be using him as the four more often. But I just don't know if Borrego views that as advantageous for him. Uh, they like the spacing that he does bring. He's going to play with Miles as the five and Miles as the four, or maybe without Miles and just play strictly the five there. I would love to know, I guess if he doesn't play with Plumley that much, I, I would doubt that there's been a lineup this year, and maybe I'm wrong, with Miles at the three, PJ at the four, and Plumley at the five. I'll have to look that up.
3: Yeah, I think again. I looked this up. I, I can't remember if I did this with Lee or with Spencer, but it was like it was. You know, PJ was hurt. I think while we were while I looked this up. So I'm guessing it hasn't changed much, if any, since then. But it was like he had played, I think, 10 minutes all season total with um, Plumlee. with uh, Plumley, and I and I don't know like what percentage of those minutes. That Miles was also on the court for probably not many, uh, but it's such a small sample. uh, Regard, uh, you know, either way, um, yeah. I mean, as far as like optimizing PJ, I think that's one of the real like that's one of the million dollar questions facing the team right now, right? Like outside of anything, you know, wherever Lamelo's development is going to go, I mean, I think that's sort of like the most important thing you know, the development of bridges is right there. Uh, it's like the next thing, I guess, but what the long-term, what the intermediate and then long-term plans are with PJ, I think, yeah, I, I, I would love to know like what inside the franchise, what, what they're thinking. Cause right now the way you're using him works for sure. Mm. Right. Like, he, he's so playable in in so many different lineups he's basically been a full time five, but you know he can flip around and play the four it, with his ability to switch and with Charlotte's you know willingness to play zone, you know sometimes it's it feels weird to even box him into a position, right? because even when he's playing, you know he and bridges are in at the de facto four or five you know miles is the one that's inside a lot right like he's the one screaming and diving to the rim pj spacing Correct. in the corner you know so it's like you could you got to use those guys so interchangeably yeah look i'm sure pj would like to long term be a, a starter in the nba and I, I don't i don't see charlotte dialing in you know Maybe maybe this season, uh, but but long term, I don't know if I see them going all in on PJ as the center. And as we've discussed on this on this podcast plenty of times before, you know, if you want to fully optimize Lamelo. You know, you're probably gonna need a lob guy at center, right? You know, you're gonna need a, a Rashawn Holmes, you're gonna need an Evan Mobley, you're gonna need a Daniel Gafford. Like these are different degrees of this archetype, you know. Obviously Mobley sort of breaks all archetypes, he's his own thing. But eventually you're gonna have to have a six eleven, seven foot guy that can catch it above the rim and play with a mellow. So you can really like unlock that spread pick and roll lob game. Um, you know, PJ could still easily be a part of those teams because he's still gonna play leverage minutes for you because he can switch and he's a killer three-point shooter that makes for the most part pretty good decisions on offense. So, but but you know, how do you get him to buy into that kind of role? How does it work out financially? I, I think that's maybe tougher to sort of figure out. But for right now, I mean, he really is, I think, one of the more intriguing young big guys in the league. Because of his ability to guard every position, and because of that three-point shooting, obviously he's elite from the corners and has been since he stepped in the NBA. But he's been so good from above the break recently, like just I mean, on fire from above the break since yeah. he came back from injury. And what that does for Charlotte's offense is is huge. And the lineup that I, since we're just talking a lot about lineups, the lineup that, and I've mentioned this already uh, on a previous recording, but the lineup that I would love to see more of, and we're going to have to wait on that, is I'd love to see more LaMelo, Rozier, Hayward, Bridges, and P.J. Um, I think defensively that lineup is obviously, there's some concern, but offensively that's a killer lineup, and I think that's one that you're going you're gonna to see hopefully a lot, you know, back half of the season and, and maybe even into the, the playoffs that Charlotte is so lucky to to get there. So, um, yeah, long-term, I, I don't even know, like, P.J. Washington's going to be a very good, very productive player in the NBA for a long, long time. He's a winning player. He can be on the court in a postseason scenario for all the reasons we just outlined. But it's it is hard to figure out exactly how that figures into where Charlotte wants to be five years from now. Because he can certainly be a part of it. I just, I don't know how you get, if that's point B and we're at point A, I don't know how you get from A to B, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, I think the personnel right now with the roster kind of forces Borrego to play him at the five. Like, we haven't seen Plumlee and P.J. play that much, and I wonder how that would turn out uh, in terms of their offensive efficiency and their defensive efficiency and just how those two would pair together. I just, I guess Borrego doesn't view them as a pairing that would work, and I guess we'll never know if we don't see it enough on the court. Last, Last thing I'll mention before we wrap here, Brian, and if you have any last thoughts here on this game or just kind of like the implications of the four players being out, you know, one thing that we did see uh, in this game and, and one thing that you're obviously going to see moving forward are lineups out there with no true point guards when Ish sits. Uh, Lamelo yep. being out, like I said, uh, this is going to be a thing and, and somewhat expected. I think Cody Martin was out there as the nominal point guard, uh, but we saw a couple of possessions where Gordon Hayward was the, was the guy taking mm-hmm. the ball of the court, being a playmaker, and he's very capable of doing that. You have Miles Bridges, who in the fourth quarter, like that was the biggest story of tonight, was him in the fourth quarter, just being that guy that you went to. And he was consistent all night, but when the team needed it the most, he came through. And his pull up shooting in that fourth quarter was just on point. The shot that he created for himself, like with a minute left to play, was awesome. Definitely next yes. level stuff. Yeah. You know, that's been so good for him this season. And even a little bit of last season, it's, it's taken a bigger jump this season. But it just shows that his hard work is paying off. The thing is with Miles, he's always had the athleticism. Like, he's always been physically gifted. He just needed to put it all together on both ends of the court And he's making so many strides that it's going to make this upcoming offseason pretty interesting with his free agency. Uh, I know some people are probably wondering why an extension wasn't given to him prior to the start of the season. Uh, And that's something that we can debate all season. Uh, I don't really want to have the conversation again about that. But it's going to to be interesting to see how his play propels him towards free agency. But yeah, his self-creation is going to be needed in these next uh, couple of games here because uh, you are going to have lineups where Ish is sitting and obviously LaMelo's out.
3: Yeah, the in the shot you're talking about that he hit, I think you tweeted it out. It was like a minute and five left mm-hmm. in the game. And it's it just like that like that kind of like in mid-game, like mid-range, middle ground game, off the dribble with bridges, like that is kind of been like the missing piece so far. Like, you know what I mean? Like the 18-foot the, the sort of step back. Like that's a shot that he, he looks that's the next piece I guess for him because it's, it's where I think he looks sort of like most rigid with the basketball. He's mm-hmm. trying to like create space and separate one-on-one um, in that in between area. Like he'd rather either be shooting a step back from, you know, 24 feet or he'd rather be like going, you know, downhill, like a freight train. So, you know, if he can figure out that kind of stuff, man, it just adds another, it would add another dimension for him as like a, you know, the power wing that you're building, Building this up around uh, next to uh, Lamelo Ball, uh, you touched on you know lineups that have don't have a true point guard out there, but obviously with with Bridges and and PJ and in Hayward, you've got those guys are you know three they're all like they've they they move in Charlotte's lineups between like the three and the five essentially, um, but they can certainly pass and create. Um, but the lineup with Bridges, Cody Martin, P.J. Washington, James Booknight, and Hayward, uh, 5 minutes, 37 seconds tonight. That lineup was plus 11. Um, Charlotte's best lineup tonight, which played 13 and a half minutes together, was Oubre, Bridges, Cody Martin, P.J., and Ish Smith. That lineup was plus 14. And yeah, those 13 how, and How a half does that work, work
2: out when Oubre was negative 16 on the night? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I
3: don't. I don't. It's weird, man. Because like the. But I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the NBA like the, the NBA. Com box score, and it, it's saying Kelly Oubre minus sixteen. But that that lineup that I'm referring to that's from PVP stats. Yeah, PVP. Um, but yeah, that does look. I mean, it, it's 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 hard to fathom. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but it looks like you know Kelly was a part of.
2: Like, the best he, was, he, was
3: the, he was on. He was on. He was He was on another lineup with Bridges, Richards, Hayward, and Ish that went minus eight and seven and a half minutes. And then Oubre, Bridges, PJ Hayward, and Ish Smith played five minutes. That lineup was minus nine. So I'm guessing those lineups are sort of how you get to Oubre at such a sort of like a rate a really weird minus sixteen. It's by the fact that he like hit a, a ton of threes and played 39 minutes in this game. Charlotte won by three. So that, I mean, yeah, single game plus minus can be can be noisy to say the least. Um, and we're sort of just hinting hinting on that, uh, I guess. And then, yeah, just like with Bridges, I mean, like we don't need to rehash the extension stuff, but I, I do kind of think the fact that he is playing this well speaks to why they didn't get an extension done this summer. Like mm-hmm. or this past summer, it's like, you know, he was playing so well down the final two months of of the season, Charlotte was, you know, trying to see if they could... Uh, Charlotte probably wanted to know if that was for real to an extent. You know, can he can he do this, you know, extrapolate this out over the course of a full 82-game season plus playoffs, and maybe trying to hedge against that a little bit and see if you can get some kind of a discount. And for a guy like Bridges, a, a clutch sports client, um, of course they wouldn't go for that. So I, I just, I, I do think like... The reasons why that extension didn't get done, you're so almost sort of seeing it, it it play out now because, but now that I might get my my the the flip side of that is that now that Charter has seen him play like this for you know at least half a season and hopefully for the rest of the season, well then you feel pretty good about signing him to a you know a big ass extension uh, this this summer, um, and you don't you don't even hesitate to do it. So yeah, big game for Charlotte, big win for Charlotte. I kind of can't believe they got it done on the road. And, um, you know, the next couple of games are going to be tough. You get a rested Sixers team. You got to play them on the second night of a back to back while you're missing a big chunk of your team. Um, and then you play them again on Wednesday as well. So that's a, that's a tough, man. That's a tough, it's a tough back to back for, for Charlotte with such a depleted roster at the moment. And like, yeah the thought of matching up with Philadelphia without some of these pieces right now is like a pretty daunting uh mental exercise do you think but Nick
2: Richards plays more than seven minutes tomorrow he's
3: I think he's got to I think he's got yeah. to as well yeah I think he, think he has to um and yeah you know you just I, I do think it's one of those things too where like if if the first quarter goes ugly tomorrow night like let's maybe just like play, let's like just play Kai Jones
2: 30 you know I mean Scotty, like, Scotty Lewis yeah
3: you just you played you played so many of these guys huge minutes tonight um yeah. on the first night of a back to back so like i you know i would be i'm sure that already right now like as we're doing this they're doing you know a variety of extensive kind of like recovery you know methods to get those guys fit and ready to play again in less than 24 hours in in uptown but gotta be careful with that especially with someone like hayward who played 33 minutes tonight with a with a ton of usage and defensive responsibility so i will be mindful of the minutes as they get ready to play philadelphia and yeah i think for sure you're gonna need to see richard's probably gonna foul out pretty quickly too but that's fine that's provided that he's able to uh you know pick up Fewer than six fouls in seven minutes and twenty eight seconds. Well, then yes, I think he'll play. (laughs) I think
2: he'll play play more tomorrow night against Philly. This news, like I said at the top of the podcast, like it just came at the worst time because it it felt like everyone was rested and rejuvenated, and now it kind of depletes the energy and the stamina. And I'm glad that the Mm -hmm. Hornets played, you know, their top players a lot of minutes tonight, and they picked up the win. I think it would have been a different story if they played a lot of minutes and they ended up losing the game. Hornets now. At 14 and 11, Hawks dropped to 12 and 12 uh, with this loss tonight against the Hornets. Miles Bridges was the leading scorer with 32 points. And like Brian mentioned, the Hornets have two games against the Philadelphia 76ers. The 76ers are rested. I have this odd feeling that this like random player is going to go off tomorrow night, like Niang, for for whatever reason. He, he's going to go off tomorrow night. He's been good this he year. Has, man. He has. He has. He's, he, but he would, he like, he does, he would make sense as yes. like the random guy to get yes. hot and just you know hit five
3: threes or whatever against the Hornets. And like, look, the win tonight. I, I know it's just December fifth, but you beat Atlanta, and now you've got these two games against Philadelphia. If you could pick up at least one against Philly, these things kind of matter for playoff seating and stuff like that right now, right? Like, there's there's so many teams in the East that are bunched up in this area from. Uh, man, you know, six to, to 12 almost. And then there's a huge drop down to, to Indiana after that. But so this was a big win against Atlanta on the road, make no mistake. And yeah, I guess the hope would be if you could just somehow split with Philadelphia these next two games. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I do think, like, if stuff starts to stink early tomorrow night, I mean, I, I don't think they'll actually do this, but I think it's something they should consider is like, yeah, you know, you don't want to, it's not like you're going to, like, throw a game or anything like that, but just get some of the young guys more of a rep. Uh, some reps and then try to get some rest in use the day off on tuesday and then you know get back to work against philadelphia again
2: thanks again for everyone for tuning in here on twitter spaces we appreciate the speaker request uh if you tuned in late and you want to hear the full conversation uh, the podcast will be out tomorrow morning Uh, for brian i'm richie we'll talk to you guys the most
1: unlikely of victories for the hornets playing four men down in atlanta the hornets get it done